0: Suvas Periches, Mishnah Vav 8 6. This mission will talk about the woman who's the Shomeris Yavam, meaning she's waiting through Yibum, which means that her husband died. He had no living descendants at the time of his death, and therefore there's a mitzvah for the widow now to either marry um, her, his brother. Which is called yibum, or for them to do this chalitza procedure with taking off of the shoe, and they sort of sever their connection. But until they either do yibum or chalitza, they are connected um, and like sort of married. Okay, it's its own category, but they're sort of married. There, if he would, he the yavam, the surviving brother, would carry would move, she would move in with him, and they would live together. Then they'd be married automatically, and it's like the marriage continues on. and There's never any suba payment, and he just becomes her heir, like as if he's becomes, steps into the, his brother's shoes and becomes the husband. If is done, so then he's never anybody at that point, and she's her own woman at that point, the Suva payment would happen. Now, if you recall back, we have a couple issues that we'll discuss um, in our Mishnah. The first issue is, may she dispose of her Nech while she's in the Shomeris Yavam state? Um, and the second will be um, if she dies while she's a shomeris yavam, then who inherits her? So let's take those two, each one in their own time. First, let's we'll talk about if she's allowed to sell her and malug while she's a shomeris yavam. So what does that mean? So you recall back to the first mission of the parak eight one, we had a machlokus between becillim be shamai whether a woman who is an arusa, meaning she is not yet a nesua, not yet fully married, um, but she's and Arusa, she's already done step one of marriage. May she dispose of by selling or giving away her Neximalug, her property. So beishamai said, Of course she can. What's a problem? The husband's rights to her Neximalug only kick in once nisuin, part two of marriage. Until then, he has no rights whatsoever. So what's a problem? She can sell her stuff if she wants to, and she's not messing him up. He has no rights to it. Basil disagreed, and Basil said, well, it's true that, at, it's technically true that he has no rights currently, and therefore Basil agreed that if she did sell or give away her nech Simulug, it's gone, he can't get it back, but that it's, these are my words now, it's not the right thing to do. It's not the right thing to do for her to go and sell or give away her nech Simulug because he's about to become her husband, and he's sort of expecting, and that was part of the package, he's going to get her nech simulug, uh at least the, the, the peros, the output of the nechsimulug, and therefore it's not right for her. To um, sell or give it away, since that's what he's expecting, that's part of the deal, and therefore, Beis Hillel said she ought not to sell or give it away. But he agrees that if she does, then it's gone because he hasn't got any claims on it yet. Um, <clears throat> we want to analogize that case, make that you know compare that case um, to the case of a woman who is a shameris yavam. Here too, um, she has Nechsemalog it's hers. There is a husband waiting to be. Um That will require, instead of chuppah, in the case of going from Erisun to Nesuin, it re- here requires them just sleeping together. So that's Yibum. But the point is, it's, she's in a similar case. She's waiting to become a married woman. There is a husband who's going to be at that point, once the marriage is consummated, he becomes the one who has rights to the peros, the output of her to Malug. But in the meantime, no one has those legal rights. So it seems very similar. The question is, what is the what therefore may she sell or give away her next prior to the yavam doing yibum so um the answer is um that yes she may and the Mishnah says inside shomeris yavam a woman who's waiting to do yibum Shanafullah Nechasim, if while she's waiting she ends up getting property either by inheritance or she finds it or someone gives it to her then Modem bechamal ubey's hill in such a scenario both hill and, beishil and Beisham may agree meaning Beis Hill agreed to Beis Shammai that she's allowed to, within her rights, to sell that property or to give it away. And that a gift or sale is binding and he, the Yavam, can't get it back. The reason why is because Beis Shammai is consistent. He says in both cases, since he has no claim, neither the the Arus, the future husband, nor the Yavam, the future husband, has any claims currently, so he can't, so why can't she give it away? Um, In this case here, Beis Hillel, who in the case of the Arus, who's waiting to become uh, the husband proper, um, he at least had expectations, therefore it's kind of not right, if you will, because that was part of the deal. There's no such deal that happened, no reasonable expectations on the part of the Yavam, because it's not her husband yet, she never agreed, they never agreed to anything. She just ended up, because of whatever circumstances, ended up falling to him as like a potential wife, but there's no marriage yet and therefore there's no problem with her giving or selling her stuff away now even according to base hello that's the first part of her mission like almost stands alone the second part of a mission is if the woman before having even or chalitza, dies who inherits her stuff meaning who gets the k'suva payments etc so now um, let's just clarify. First of all, when we say, talk about the ksuba, there are these four components, okay, to what she has. Um, there's 1a, 1b, 2a, 2b, as I call it. So the 1a and 1b talk about the cash payment, 1a being the ikr ksuba, the promise of those 200 zos. The 1b is, in the ksuba, we've written perhaps the tosefes, the extra part of the ksuba, which is in addition to, let's say, the, the 200 just getting, let's say, 800 more for 1,000 total. So 1a and 1b together is 1,000, that's cash payment. And then the Second category, 2A, 2B, talks about stuff. So 2A is her nechse Tzon barzel. That's property that she brought into the marriage. It's written in the Ksuba, and it says, She brought in this flock of sheep, but it was appraised to be worth $10,000. And in the event of death or divorce, she'll be paid out $10,000. But the sheep become, you know, the husbands. That's Tzon barzel, and that is written into the Ksuba. That's 2A, if you will. Category 2B is her nechse malug. This is her property, and it always was and remains her property um, throughout. So therefore, it's not written in the ksuba anything. Just that while they're married, the husband has rights to make use of the output of her nechse malug of her of her you know, 2B, if you will, property. So, we have to discuss all four of those categories, who inherits her in the event of um, her dying prior to ibm occurring, the Shomer Siyabam. So, make sure you know the base case. The base case, let's say a woman, um, when a woman dies, who inherits her? So if she's married, so then her husband inherits everything. If she's not married, so then her side of the family inherits everything. If she has children, the children get it. If she just has no children, her father gets it, and so on. So, you know, a little bit of a complicated story how it works out, but the point is, her side of the family her her children or her father get it now in the case of the shomer's yavam so we have a bit of a tug of war here on the one hand she wasn't married when she died and therefore her side of the her family tree let's call it will say since she wasn't married we should get it on the other hand um we'll call it his family tree her late husband's family tree and now the who, and her brother, his brother, the Yavam, will say, Well, you know, technically we weren't married yet because we were waiting to do Yibam, but it was just a formality. We were going to do Yibum, and therefore she already had a Zika to me. She already was like attached to me. She couldn't marry anybody else. We were like, it was a marriage waiting to happen. Um, and therefore, although it hadn't happened yet, it was waiting to happen, and therefore um, I should be like the husband, and I should inherit. That's like, so there's sort of a tug of war over who should get it. You know, an abstract, theoretical tug of war between. Um, I'll call it his family tree, the late husband, and now the living Yavam, and her family tree, we'll call it her children or her father, etc. The way that the Mishnah refers to those two parties, the two family trees, if you will, are referred to in the Mishnah as yorshe Ha'av, the heirs of the father, that's her family tree, meaning her father, and the heirs associated there, and the other side is yorshe Ha'ba'al, the heirs of the husband, which is, I'll call it, his family tree. Okay? So the question is, how do we divide up her various Ksuba payments and her Nech log, which weren't written in the Ksuba, in the event that she dies while she is a Shomer Siyava? Okay. So, the Mishnah starts out by saying that if Mesa, if she dies, meaning if she had been married and then her husband died but left her as a Shomer Siyavam, waiting to Yibam, which means... At that moment, while she's a Shemeras Yavam, there is no payments that are made to her from her Ksuba. Neither the 1A, 1B, the Ikra Ksuba or Tasev's Ksuba didn't get paid yet because if Yibam happens, so then it's no payment that comes to her. She just becomes married to the second husband, if you will, the Yavam, the brother, her brother-in-law, and then her Ksuba continues on, but until he dies, she doesn't get any payment. Same goes with the Tzon Barzal. The next Tzon Barzal, which is written in the Ksuba, again, if he does Yibam, there's no payment to her. The Nechtse Malug, on the other hand, um, always was hers. It never wasn't hers. So while she was married to her husband, then he had rights to the output of that. But now she's not married to anybody. So at the minute, the Yavam has no rights to anything, right? He will have rights when he gets married, but in the meantime, he has no rights to anything, which is exactly why she's allowed to give that stuff away now if she wants to, and it's binding. So if while she's in the status of waiting to the yibum Mesa, she dies. So now who inherits her stuff? says the Mishnah rhetorically, what do we do with her Ksuba, by which we mean 1A and 1B, the Ikr Ksuba and the Tsef Ksuba, as well as 2A, the nechsimalug payment, and in addition, ima. and also what do we do with the 2B category, meaning the nechsimalug, that the property that goes in and out with her, as the Mishnah calls it, meaning it always was hers, um, and it had been at the at the, you know, the output was at the um, disposal of the husband, but now the husband's dead. So now it's back to being just hers, and there's no other claimant on it. So, what do we do with all these different components? So, Beishamai Omrim, excuse me, sorry, Beishamai Omrim. Beishamai speaks first as always, and he argues on one particular point. Which is talking about, when he says the sentence, he's talking about Nechse Malug. That's very important. Get out your pencil, write it into your Mishnah, if you will. Beishamai is just opining on the Nechse Malug. Who gets that? Um, he'll agree with Beishil on the other components. So as far as Nechse Malug goes, says Beishamai, Yachloku Yorshei Habal Im Yorshei Av. They divided up 50 50 between his side of his family tree and her family tree why would that be the case because um, it's indeterminate to whom it belongs well what i mean by that is this while she's a shamira yavam, on the one hand she's not an unmarried woman and therefore the stuff uh, isn't the nakhsimulug remember if she, again i'll repeat myself that if she would die while she's married her nakhsimulug goes to her husband okay if she dies when she's not married her nakhsimulug goes to her you know her family tree now, this woman is a shemar ziyavim. She's like, if you're familiar with you know Schrodinger's cat, she's like Schrodinger's cat. She's sort of yes married and not married at the same time. It all depends on if they do yibum. If they do yibum, then she's married and that's at, the husband is the husband. If she doesn't do um, yibum, so then she's not married and it goes to uh, she's the her family tree inherit the nechsei malug. The problem is we're in the middle here. She hasn't not been married through chalitza and she hasn't yes married to marry through Yum. so she's in the middle and therefore both sides her family and his family are claiming and the situation where two parties are claiming something neither one's a muhzik neither one holds anything it's just sort of in an who, who to whom it belongs like if you and I are walking down the street and both of us see you know a ring on the floor and each one, was, each one of us claim we saw it first each one of claim therefore we should get it and neither one, neither one is holding it to go to bez and they'll say listen split the value because we don't know to whom to give it so, same here. That's called Mamanamutoba Safak. If you have money which we don't know to whom to give it, then we do Yachaloku. We divide it 50-50. That's the case over here. says Be'shame. We don't know. It's a Safak. We don't know if the marriage would have ended up in a yibum or a Chalitza. We just don't know because she's dead now. And therefore, it's Mutoba The money, the next is in question mark. And therefore, we divide it yachloku 50-50. Ube'sil Omrim, basil disagree with that. So now. What? But they're gonna. This is. Get out your pencil again. The first thing it says, Nechasim. When Beis Hillel talk about Nechasim, her property, they're actually not talking about the Nechse Tzon Barzel, but rather the Nech. Excuse me. They're not. Excuse me. When Beis Hillel start talking about Nechasim, they're not talking about the Nechse Malug that Beis was talking about. They're talking about Nechse Tzon Barzel first. And they say, the Nechse Tzon Barzel Kasan. It stays put. With the people who are currently much, the people who are currently legally holding it, if you will, it stays in its status stays status quo. We don't move it out from who already already has it. Now that's the Tzon barzel. So now the problem is, it's not clear at all who is the muchzuk. When we say it stays put, stays put in whose pocket? She, she we're talking about the the thousand dollar. I think it said whatever is a ten thousand dollar payment she's supposed to get for the flock of sheep she brought in. So, on the one hand, so what does it mean to say it stays put where it is? Where is it? Where is that? Who is the mukhsak Who holds that now? Who's the, where's the status quo? There's a Gemara Bava which seems to have a maraim three ways. Um, one, and it seems to be applicable over here as well, the same idea. Meaning, one opinion is that um, since while she was, since there was no time during her life which she could demand that ten thousand um, dollars, and now she's dead. So there was never a time when she could demand the ten thousand dollars. So the status quo, the muktzik, the place where it stays, um, is with the husband, his side of the family tree. So there's no payments. They keep that son barzo payment for themselves at ten thousand dollars. On the other hand. The the chazaka, the muhzak status quo is like, well, who was the last person to own this flock of sheep? It was her. She brought the flock of sheep in. It was exchanged for a promise of $10,000. So, like, she's the last one holding the sheep. She handed it over to him, but only in exchange for that. So now that means she's the muhzak. She should be getting it. So uh, in the event that she dies, so then the people who, like, had the last claim on it, the bigger claim on it, should be her side of the family. and should go to them. That's the second opinion on Morayim. And the third opinion on Morayim is... uh, we're not sure. We're not sure who the mochzak is, and therefore, yachloka. we split it 50 50. Interestingly, the Shulchan Arach ends up ruling like that third opinion, meaning when we say here, Nechasim Kasan, when it stays, Nechasim stay where they, in their status quo, the Shulchan Arach rules, that means we don't know what that is, and therefore we divided the Nechse Tzon Barzal payments 50 50. Half goes to his family tree, half goes to her family tree. Um, Tosvos understands that, that Gemara Baba Basra is not applicable over here. He says, Bechez Kassan certainly must refer to his family tree, because at no time during her life could she ever get that payment. Now she's dead. So that means it was last seen, and he was the, had, he held it, he held the rights to it, and therefore he should get it all. So Tosos learns Bechez Kassan means that all, like the Barzel, and the goes to his side of the family, his family tree. And that's how they're a ma'a paskin, so on what this actually means, the halacha. Um, by the way, usually I say the halacha to the end, but since I had to say it over here anyways, I should just speak out. Really, halacha, this whole question is predicated, the whole mission here is predicated on the fact that we just don't know what was going to happen. Were they going to get married through Yibum or they are not through a chalitza? We don't know, and therefore splitting things 50-50. In any time and place where we know for sure there will not be a Yibum only a chalitza, which is everywhere nowadays. Therefore, there's no such suffolk, and therefore, for sure, there was never going to be a marriage, and therefore, for sure, it should go to her family tree. So really, although those a mechlok, rama, on the point I just said, in the Peshat here in the Mishnah, how we'd rule, I'm in real practice, since there is no there, there, there is no possibility of yibam, therefore, um, it's, there's no suffolk, and therefore, for sure, it should go to her family tree. Um, fine. Now, uksuva, Says the Mishnah further. Again, we have these, you know, four components to consider. Base Hillel had spoken about what I'll call two A a moment ago, the Nechse Tzon Barzl. Now he's going back to Uksuva, the Ksuva payment, which by which he means one A and one B. The Iksuva and the Tosefis, the cash payment. That's Bacheskas gyorje Habal. That stays um, in the hands of you know his family tree. No one's gonna pay that out because that payment was a cash payment. Predicated on her being widowed or divorced, and it never kicked in because she was had a she didn't get she wouldn't get paid out until chalitza happened. Chalitza didn't happen, so it stays put, and therefore it never gets paid to her. They keep it. And as far as far as nechnasim vayotzim ima, as far as the property that goes in and out with her, meaning her property that isn't written in the ksuba, this is totally synonymous with the term nechse <laughs> Her use the usufruct property, her property, since it always was hers and never was his, then according to base Hillel, becheskas of that goes with her family tree, because that's it always was from her side of the family and never transferred over ever to her husband. So of course, in the event that she dies, is she gets it back. This is the point on which base Shammai was disagreeing and saying they should split it fifty-fifty, but. Allah has certainly be like Beis Hillel, um, and and, um, therefore, as far as the Nechzeh Malach goes, it all goes um, to her family tree, meaning to her children if she has, from another marriage, or to her father, etc.